When you hear that sound, you know you're on another episode of the Purge Pod. Welcome back to another episode. It has been a little bit of time. Johnny, I'm, I'm sorry to the rest of the league. Jess. We didn't mean to we don't we didn't mean to ignore you. Things just got in the way, the holidays, Peru. Lots of things got in the way that prevented us. And so we, we had to come back with a vengeance. For anybody who does potting or YouTube content for a living, you need breaks or you'll burn out. So the heathens in our text chats can just calm down. So speaking of ignoring, I want to bring up our next guest. And that's right, our next guest. The one, the only, Zach DiMaggio, first year purgatory champion. Give it up. Thank you Rock for us having Zach. us. Zach, so go ahead and give us some words on what it feels to be a champion because this is your first time in this combined with this core group of guys. I will say, and this goes back to all the years of doing the parliament and now into the purge, we've, no one really cares about whoever wins. And it's just, like, yeah, what's the brace for last? Because all of a sudden it was like, oh, I won. I had to like double check that night. Wait, did I just, I think I won, but I'm really bad at math. And Johnny hasn't updated the sheet yet, so I'm relying on his Excel knowledge to take over. But uh, yeah, I kicked everyone's ass, so you guys are all welcome. It's great. I can say it for one time, and then that's about it. So I better, because right now I'm probably going to be the worst team in the history of our leagues for this upcoming year. And, and it, being the first-time champ is cool, because going in, no one really knows what the hell that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Everyone starts fresh for the most part. I know we did get some keepers. It's When did you realize that you had a... A legit shot because on, honestly like you winning shook obviously we were going for last so i was like we were focused on ourselves but didn't really know that you were gonna win i had already thought it was a foregone conclusion that that donnie and don and yoni were gonna win so when did you have like your first inclination is like oh i thought i think this could happen i honestly didn't think about it until cd lamb scored like a meaningless touchdown and like at the end of a Dallas blowout that, that meant nothing and knocked Yoni and, and, and Donnie out of, knocked him out of that, that first round. Because they, they were kicked, they were beating Brad that whole week. Or per, per, I believe it was Brad, right? They were beating Brad that whole, that first matchup. So I thought, because even like aggressively like trading for McCaffrey or Cup, I was like, oh, I'm just trying to get second place. Because there's like the same situation that happened to Doni. Don't eat, call him Donnie, right? Easily could happen to me where you're like in the driver position for placing all year and then you just lose back-to-back -back weeks in fantasy and all of a sudden I come in third and Sam comes in second even though I spent all this money for this year on McCaffrey. So I didn't. I honestly didn't think I had a chance to ever win until C.D. Lamb all of a sudden scored like a, an absolutely meaningless touchdown when Dallas is getting killed. <laughs> Johnny, give us a recap of, I know we all know, congrats to Zach, for winning but give us a recap of how it played out and where we thought it was going to end up and where how it actually did end up so interestingly enough uh zach's team is one of the least amount of trades made last year but also highest dollar value of amount of trades so 
Zach was very selective, and, and so was Donnie. So it shows, one, that our first and second place teams making the least amount of trades that they draft very well. Or luck was on their side a little bit with the draft picks as well, and, and things went their way. They also, when they made trades, they were very effective uh, trades, but the McCaffrey for $65 was the the highest trade value for a single player. And Donnie also wasn't very shy about it. The Those two and one, two weren't much of a surprise. They had a, a nice run up in, in baseball and in, in basketball playoffs, both doing very well. That when it came to, to football, the, the real question there was Sam going to hold on. And the dark horse in this was Brad, who we all should take a moment and realize that he auto-drafted in football. He drafted five defenses. He had two kickers on his roster for 90% of the season, and he beat us all in football. <laughs> so we give Brad a lot of shit, but that is something that he should take away and never let us forget for the rest of time that he beat us with a five-defense draft in in this league. You, you got to give credit where credit is due with Brad. We give him a lot of shit in, in the thread, and deservedly, he's the most long-witted person ever when it comes to text. Sure. But I was definitely giving him shit about being, the, I think at one point I called him, he is the best person in this league at winning no money, and he won money. <laughs> he won money. So you got to give him credit. You got to give money. him credit. Got to eat crow. He pulled it off. The Kyron Williams, like, mm-hmm. I, I actually, since the season is still going on, and now the Rams are out of the playoffs, I'm, I don't need to think about it, but I often think about Josh and I not bidding enough on Kyron Williams and spending mm-hmm. that money on—I don't—I forget about to get a backup for the Chargers like that. It like like we spent fifty bucks on that guy. We could have got—I forget what you did for Puka, Zach, but that is looking back at it, it's it was a wild year of of pickups. And the last time I can remember a pickup this early having a this much of an impact Zach you'll remember this guy's name who was the running back for the Eagles who or maybe he was the running back for the Bears first and he came out of Indiana University something Jordan maybe he was number 24 I remember it was like 10 years ago Monty Jordan no not Monty Jordan no blank but it was because like, remember there's like those random and this is not the first time Brad's done this where his team is like all free agent waiver guys because a couple years ago didn't he almost win or he came in second and in, in, in this is the parliament but he had the same thing where he was starting guys that were just like Jordan Howard it's Jordan, oh, Howard. Jordan Howard Jordan Howard Jordan Howard yes yeah he had a bunch of those guys he had the same thing where it's like a waiver wire team of guys and CD Lamb also coming out of nowhere to, to, to pass Tyreek as the best fantasy guy not named McCaffrey this year was, was a huge help. But I he's mean, done this before where it's all wave wire guys and then he's you said it can't be done. That's always his line. And Kyron Williams is you look at that team. He had Herbert who was hurt. Jonathan Taylor hurt most of the year. Derek Henry had a very quietly good year. It wasn't as dominant as Derek's been, but he was still phenomenal. But it was really just the CeeDee Lamb Derek Henry show that carried him and then his ad drops. Jake Ferguson, Kyron Williams, mm. KJ Osborne got a lot more involved once Jefferson went down and, and they had their quarterbacks change through. The last fourth of the season is so important, mm-hmm. right? Like it is like you can have the McCaffrey and then look what happened. Like he didn't play the second half of that sec- of the championship game. And that's why that, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the difference. Like it, it really just comes down to those guys that you can pick up that are just super effective when the trade deadline's done. Mm-hmm. And that's why having football as the last sport is 
so much fun because there's no guarantees whatsoever. The fact that they that team beat your team in the final, Zach, is unbelievable. <laughs> if I read you this roster right now, and this is no disrespect to Brad whatsoever, I don't want a single player on his team over my team right now. CD, I get it. CD and Waddle and Derrick Henry are great. But and you probably want Kyron Williams. That's, Kyron Williams. That's is their good. chalk. But if you go down the list, Drake London was garbage this year. Christian Kirk, mm. Chris Godwin, they weren't. This beat Zach's team, which was McCaffrey, Tyreek, Puka, NTN, Brees Hall, Ayuk. It's not a comparable roster on paper, and yet Brad won. And the luck of the purge gods were were with Brad this year in football, and it, and it wound up getting him a third place trophy. That's awesome. So, who are the biggest losers coming out of the football? playoffs you always got you got to look at the teams that finished fourth and fifth right it, me and sam are definitely the biggest losers as far as we didn't punt away so we're not walking in with big war chest this season and we both missed out on overall money which has to put you at the disadvantage going into the next year as a biggest loser right we both got lucky enough to win some money i won basketball and he got first regular season in football but that's a pittance compared to getting third overall with those on top of it. I'd, I'd go biggest losers with Sam first in fourth place and myself in fifth. I, I didn't put like, I mean, cause you guys came in last Teach, and that was the whole year. It was kind of seemed like it was going to be Greg or, or Forrest was going to come in last and the way it was going. And then I got a frantic text from Tim, Tim one night and he's like, wait, I thought I was safe. Now I, if I lose next week, I'm playing in this draft. Wait, what happened? But I think a lot of it goes to the fact that it was basically Yoni and Donnie were so far out ahead for the majority of the year that it was like me in this no man's land where if I don't do anything, I could come in third. But if I buy, at least probably pay for what this year or next year. So I should do that. Mm-hmm. And then there was like everyone else who like, so there wasn't a lot of aggressive people. So really it was just both of you selling and Tim at the end of the year and it, there wasn't like this mad dash to see who couldn't come in third or can you guys leapfrog and all this stuff. And in the end, it hurt basically TJ and Josh and Tim. So they had to go against yeah, going Yeah, the thing that ended up screwing us was like for two straight weeks, because our, cause when your team is so bad, like you're, you're literally flipping a coin about for certain guys mm-hmm. during the week. You have no sure. idea. And we flipped the coin wrong two weeks in a row, in, including the, the last week of the year. Where we're playing, we're playing Tim, and I think our bench, our bench had something like fifty or sixty percent of what our points were, oh. of our total of our total roster, and that would have been the difference of beating Tim, right? Like it, and lo, lo, I think Jordan Love had an incredible last game of the year, or second to last game in the regular season, and that would have been like an incredible, like yes, we won because Jordan Love threw for three touchdowns, ran for one, or whatever it was. And that's just, again, it's the opposite. Like it worked positively for Brad. It worked negatively for us. Mm -hmm. And here we are having a plan, fucking planning the draft, which by the way, we have everyone's votes. More on that to come real soon. Does Zach have to update his passport? Can you give us a hint? Uh, There are no hints. There are no (laughs) hints. But you probably should update your passport anyways. Everyone should just actually, as a a person. We're all adults. Get a good passport. (laughs) I got it. We're good. Wait, hold on. Is it true that Tim isn't allowed to leave the country? I couldn't tell if that was a joke or not. He said in the chat. Yeah, I did say that. His family no, doesn't no, want him to leave. His fam- yeah, maybe not. His family doesn't want him to leave. <laughs> probably, it's yeah. probably just, I think now at this age with families, it's can we and can we? You got to say it a yeah. couple different ways. But no, I know he went to, uh, he went to Dublin and uh, in Italy after his wedding. Mm-hmm. So the passport should still be good. 
He didn't know if he said, I think he said, my family doesn't want me to leave the country. So we'll see. We'll, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a joke. Um, let's, let's look forward to this year. It's, it's early. Looking at the standings right now, Johnny, why don't you give us a recap of what we probably should have done is looked at, we're 12 weeks into this. Mm-hmm. We're going into our 13th week. We're a little bit over halfway of the regular season, I think. And so we probably should have looked back at the, the recap we did with Musser. Oh, yeah. After the draft and review it, we can do that for another time. Sure. What does the overall standings look like right now? Not a shocker, right? Your top five teams, four of them had the most money spent at the draft, right? So yourselves, Tosh, Grants, Brusser, who we had to call Mustard to make sure he knew he could not spend all $750 in that draft room, <laughs> and Foe with Forrest. Four of the five highest spends. Forrest has had an interesting season. He's in fifth right now in standings but he's third overall in basketball so it seems that like when he wins he blows people out and when he loses he only loses by a little bit which is why he's higher in basketball standings but in our parliament scoring he's in fifth the only team that didn't fit that mode mold is gerbert and they're about a mid-spend group again they they also came in they also came in with the best keepers uh, for the value and so that i think that's really helping them as well, getting the place where they are. But Zach, you're going to set a record here, I think. I went back yeah. and checked the tapes. The worst performance in a season. TJ, you actually had this record. You went one in seventeen in basketball one year, but you got a win early in like week seven or so, and then you just punted everything away and sold it all. So Zach hasn't been close in a matchup. It has been bloodbaths in every matchup. He's already sold away a. Almost all the talent he has, except for the one major piece. And there is, there, wait, there is a team that gets to play him three times, right? Do we know who that is? Uh, good question. That could be the difference of making the playoffs. And I think there's, I think there's 22 weeks. So I think, so that means two teams get to play him. It should be his rival gets him three times. Ooh. So Donnie gets him three times. Okay. And then I think that's it. Nin- okay, we have so a 19 weeks. weeks. We have a 19 week season. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because oh, yeah, 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 nine yeah. teams, yeah. So Donnie is the lucky winner of, of that, which, funnily enough, he's in second to last. So it doesn't really impact the league too much. Mm-hmm. Donnie's a team is also getting blown out in almost every single... Um, Zach, is it worth it? I want to know, is it worth it? You went all, you got it all, and you know how this season's probably going to go. What is, what's going through your mind right now? It was worth it. It was definitely worth it to win. I think that's... And I think it's probably, now that we've seen the season play out, it's probably the strategy of you're going to have to spend a lot of money at some point to load up. It's to either get guys in to spend money for next year in, ba- in baseball or football if you want to compete, just because we have this war chest sitting there. So it's like how much you want to go in and like you have to weigh the cost. So originally it was like, all right, 65 bucks for McCaffrey, just to hope that I like to lock in second place. That's probably worth it. Um, so I, I would say... Of course, I'd do it again, but when you're sitting there in the basketball draft and I think I spent like $100 on everyone not named Jokic or Mikel Bridges and you're like, oh, great, I get Andrew Wiggins for $8. This is fun. Um, that part sucks and it'll probably ask me again in baseball and I'll probably be really bored out of my mind, but but definitely I'd do it again. I, I think we'll probably have to, to see that this year at some point when the arms race really starts heating up at the end of baseball and football. We're probably going to see you guys spend a lot of the next year's cash already. John, Johnny, what would you do if you were in Zach's position? I, I think he did it right because our lack of punishment for losing right now is so minimal 
that's the way you do it. I think it'll change. And I know, but what would you do? What would you do for the remainder of this year? So you're not, are you like? You're are trying you trying to be self-serving? Like I can read between. Are you lines. trying to be? Are you trying to be? Are you trying to be? Are you trying to be? Like, what are you doing? What am I doing with my team? Or with Zach? No, what would you do? I want to know what you would do if you were in Zach's position right now. He's got enough of a reason to sell his prime piece for whatever he wants, is what I'd say. Jokic helps him for not a lot this year. You could argue that the keeper cost on Joker is about where he is, maybe a little under. But if he's going to go for money next year, you charge a ransom, you get the guy, you, and you load up for a redo. The What I believe Donnie is doing this year is going to be similar to that. I think they're going to they're going to sell away a lot. They're going to load up for next year and then call this season a, a relative loss. So I, I think that's the right move until our punishment gets worse or until we realize that the loophole in our league is a trade deadline two weeks before playoffs. And we have to increase that to make it so it's not as advantageous for teams to buy championships. All right. Follow up. Two part question here for both of you. First part. Let's say somebody in the league hasn't won in, in basketball yet but happens to have a player that is top five and they're not, they have yet to win with this player and they get offered the biggest trade in the history of this league. And they don't only not say yes or no, they just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that strategy? I think it's not a very good friend if it doesn't reply to your texts. But then again, is it the type of friend that texted you like 75 times on this trade? And then at that point, you're just like, you know what? I've got a wife and kids and I got to go pick them up at five. And I don't want to deal with TJ texting me anymore with $200 <laughs> offers for Jokic. Because I, I would just put the phone down too. Follow-up question. <laughs> Zach, why don't you answer your text? <laughs> Some of them are legitimate excuses. I was really judging eight to eleven-year-olds at their baseball and their baseball talents in the rain. Oh, was that a week and a half ago? That was a real thing that happened. I was also hungover the next morning because went to an honor game, enjoyed myself. So some of those are actual things that happened. Sick daughter was mixed in there. Other times I'm like, oh, I got a lot some time here if I'm going to negotiate with TJ. I'm just saying value. Like we're half over halfway through the season. Like the value goes down fast. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, interesting. He's not the well, only one who ignored you. I also ignored you on the offer. A bit. Johnny, uh, I will say this past week, you beating us. One, I was shocked. And I said, I, sh yeah. I sent some harsh texts to Josh. I need to put him in his place every once in a while. But if that result ended up in a very different way, aggressive trades were going to be made. No, everyone knows when we're, we're in pole position or we're up there, like we will get as creative and aggressive as needs to happen. Anything I think. to do with your pole position. <laughs> I think you're always aggressive. No, no, it does. Because if we're like middling, like we're not, we don't have a lot of money or what have mm -hmm. you. It, it's going to change things. We are going. There's no secret. We're going. Mm -hmm. Oh, no secret. We're going for it this year. If um, you guys don't to, place, what happens? What do you mean? What happens to us? As yeah, as a, as I mean, as, you, as you're going to have to have some serious uh, internal questions about the strategy. And we'll discuss that after baseball. <laughs> I like I, I'm pretty confident our team will make the playoffs in, in basketball. If we don't know because of like catastrophic injuries. Sure. But either way, going back to the initial two part questions, 
I'm just saying certain players' values drop during the year. Mm. The more you trade for somebody, the more the way the more you wait to trade for somebody, the less they become valuable because the year is already passed on. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I think... And also, hold on. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, I was going to say, I think this also goes like where you're talking about the punishment and is it severe enough where you're weighing like what are the only options for someone like either Yoni and Doni, if they're whatever you're going to call them. But if if they don't win and now you're like you're in this like weird year where if you don't play it right and say they got passed for third place, you're... You, you spend and then you're in this like weird territory where you, what are you doing the next year? So you're in like a, a middle ground where if you guys right now, something happened on your basketball team and two guys got hurt and you guys missed the playoffs. Now you're almost like upsetting two years where it's really boring for the rest of the year for, for like how it'll be. I'm only here to trade basically. Um, so I think that's part one of it. Are you only here to trade? Oh yeah, that's the goal. But then the goal is that you have $15. Zach keepers, is definitely right? not only here to trade. It's not just this trade. I, I was texting about a different did, guy for a long time, trying to get two mm-hmm. lesser players, like role players, and I couldn't get the deal done. Zach own, is a difficult trade piece. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I'm just going to be honest, where I'm like, you guys, I am on threads with all of you that I'm very responsive. And then when I have to think and do something mm-hmm. and like actually look at it, like, oh, I do need to check to see if this guy's worth a trade or is this a good trade? That kind of all of a sudden, it's a I close, like, I've got to think. It's close, Zach. <laughs> Between you and Rob, it is a very close who's the worst to trade with as far as pulling the trigger. There's others that are worse to negotiate with, Sam being one of them. Very, the first offer you get is real low. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, Sam offers you the world. And you're like, oh, great, thanks, I'll take that one. But you and Rob are very hard to get the agreement and the sign off for a trade to go <coughs> yeah. It's, look, he's choking. He's choking he's dying on his on here. He's dying on He's choking on his non-activity. <laughs> I like that this wasn't in the script at all, TJ, for the pod, and yet you're going to take about oh, it was always about ten minutes of today's pod it was always, just to get this trade me, done. It was, it was always in the script. <laughs> See, the other part too, like where I know we're going on a trade tangent. This is more of an overall like thought. It, whereas the thing that changes, and I think we have yet to get a feel of it because we're playing in the first quarter of the second year is that we all have the opportunity to get somebody in the trade because of the auction. So for example, if like, we'll take our team for example, we traded, we, we traded almost everybody in, in, in football and we traded in Batani and in, in baseball and our basketball team was fine. We didn't end up trading anybody, but now going into basketball we are able to get a lot more people because we spent a lot more Mm -hmm. so i feel like there are incentives for let's say i'm just gonna i'm looking at you i'm looking at johnny donnie tim and zach here like you're in the bottom if you guys do finish in the bottom and trade away not only can you can make a decision Mm -hmm. all right i want to trade away for more money this year and get players that i wouldn't be able to get yep unless if it was a snake draft or i can say fuck it there's no harsh punishment right now, and I can punt it for next year and try to have as much money as possible going into next year because that is the number one well, asset that you can have. Take a very real in basketball. a real example. You traded McCaffrey away to Zach. Zach probably isn't keeping McCaffrey, one, based on his money, and two, based on a $68 tag price. So if he's in the free agent for the room and everyone has a shot at him again, 
you then have the money to take the biggest shot at him for football. So it's a very real scenario in this league where as people are figuring it out, it's really a cost-benefit analysis on what's the price this person's going to cost me to keep, what do I have him locked in at, and then in the room, how high do I think he's going to go? Now, McCaffrey will likely go over 68 in that draft room, but it's going to come down to how much money Zach has. and he's going to, Is he going to drop $100? If he's, yeah. not, if he's not kept. If he's not kept. And, and maybe Zach just tags him at 68 and doesn't play the game, right? And, and he just doesn't keep anybody else. But he's got Josh Allen, too, at 35. He's got... Tyreek at 49. He's got, he's, there's options out there, right? So it. I'm glad you brought up McCaffrey. Oh. Let's talk about McCaffrey for one second. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know. I just remember getting a text after the draft being like, you're going to, you're, tr- we're trading McCaffrey, right? And then getting a lot of texts afterwards, including at one point where I think me and Josh were not ready to trade him. And then Zach, of all people, was the one who started a thread to get McCaffrey. So I just think, I just find it interesting, the psychology of when you want a player versus not wanting to trade a player and how one becomes more responsive to get something done. I just, I'm just putting it out there. Just, I think it's a funny, it's a, it's a funny psycho- psychology element there. Yeah, it is. Zach, your thoughts? I have a feeling he'll be capped this year and then you can, anyone can have him for next year's dollar values. Just throw it out there. Mm. Breaking alert. Mm. Or just breaking news. Look, interesting I, you wouldn't do that with another player that's currently playing. <laughs> on a team that's 0-12 in standings. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, it's a good to move. be fair, we talked about this in the app, the Yahoo app. we got to clean this up with Rob, but I mentioned this. I was looking at basketball for this conversation. Apparently, I was playing roster spots down. Didn't even know it until today when I went in online and had a roster spot opened up. So it tells you where my mentality is at, and not intentionally, but that's how it was going. No, your, your team's mm-hmm. a hot dumpster fire. I would, I definitely would not be looking at it in Yahoo often. I'd probably go in on Mondays, set lineup for the week, and then just mm-hmm. turn it back off again. Yeah, it's not great. You got Scoot I though. Think, it's good. I think the only goal, and if like you do sell, and you're in a position like this, either with Yoni and Donnie, where they have the benefit of having three really good baseball guys at fifteen dollars is you have to be able to find $15 guys. You have Puka, $15, he'll be kept. Like, Brees Hall, $20, $19. Like, these are guys that you have to keep. That's, like, the only thing you yeah. really have to play for is, like, who is a $15 basketball guy that I can keep that can be valuable? Otherwise, there's you really don't have much room to work with when you have the dollar value is so significantly less than everyone else unless you're willing to get aggressive in some other form or fashion. I think we got to get Tim back on the pod because of Zach's 11 trades that he made last year, Six were with Tim. That's that smells mm. a little bit like collusion. If I was the IRS, this would be an audit. Mm. Maybe we're gonna have to talk to Tim about what what happened. How many beers during Sunday oh. football does Tim put into Zach before he just starts spitting out trades? Most of the trades are born from either us at a tailgate drinking beer and sitting there watching football and cooking for everybody, or in me in like his backyard or at some other place where our kids are we're having beers and it's like, hey do you need somebody let's look at our teams that's pretty much how that happens <laughs> interesting interesting if you guys come over there's a good chance um, we, can, we can so get some trades listen man listen i've already said it would be the biggest trade in this league's history and might be one of the biggest trades that would have ever happened. And it has not gone 
has not been a yes or hasn't been a no. I also have um, left Musser in the, in the dark on a couple offers that not intentional by any means, and he's trying to get some guys, and I'm like, yeah, I just complete. I'll get to him later on, and then you don't. That's how it goes. I, I don't mean it intentionally. Mm-hmm. I like all of you. Allegedly. Let's, Johnny, I think we should... I think we should probably transition, given it's 30 minutes into the pod, into the into the movie portion of the show. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what movie we're going to be doing by Zach's choice. So Zach's choice, a uh, phenomenal movie. I, I have seen this one. Uh, Major League, great movie. Hey, Johnny, real quick question. Yeah. How's your wife and my kids? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll time her from that movie. <laughs> Just they really you look for sports movies that capture really the essence of the sport and the catcher batter banter in that movie is on point. It's the best of all yeah. the baseball movies. Just the, the the stuff they say to each other is yeah. dead on how you would talk talk shit to guys either on your team or against. I just absolutely love it. It's my it is my favorite sports movie. I distinctly remember watching it for the first time being, this is the the funniest movie I've ever seen mm-hmm. as a kid. I'm like, this movie is so goddamn funny and just made me want to be a baseball player even more. Like, perfectly casted. Like, everybody from Dorn playing third ah, great. to freaking the pitcher, the old pitcher who does, like, the Vaseline. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is so great. perfect. As Willie Mays Hayes. You put snot on the ball. Just, like, the stuff that when you find out that what guys actually do. And I, like, knew guys that would have like, use sunscreen and stuff like that or try to scuff a baseball. And then they just mm. throw a better the, sinker. And you're like, that's it's so dead on. It's, it's great. To what it's like to be a fan of a shitty team. They did a good job of that, too. Just it's not a lot, but every now and then they cut to the random other cast members that are just talking about how it is to be a, a, an Indians fan at the time. Very good job with that as well. They did a great job in that movie. The whole Charlie Sheen playing the California Penal League is so good. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Like the guy who played who was in the Allstate commercials. What was that guy's name? Oh, you actually went to San Mateo, San Mateo High, High. Believe Dennis it or not, Hayes, Dennis yeah. Haysburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a San Mateo High grad. Oh my God, so good! Um, Get him on the pod. All right, let's jump right in. What? Get him on the pod. We go to alumni services at San Mateo High. Dude, we. Oh man, he probably he got the pod. Also, uh, dude, Bob Euchre doing the voice is so perfect too. So perfect. Um, He's just drinking halfway through the season. Nobody's listening to this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's. It doesn't matter. Nobody's listening. It's so good. I will say one of the when I was a when I was in Arizona, I'd get the MLB package because you can watch it online and stuff. And so I'd go to class and I'd have a game up. But I would always listen to the Brewers broadcast whenever they were on because it's outside of like the swearing and things like that and being drunk. It's exactly what happens on his broadcast. They're hilarious. He, yeah, he was good. I think I didn't know for the longest time that he was like an actual broadcaster. I thought he was like a fake because I saw this movie like shortly after I watched Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. And that movie is all obviously completely sci-fi or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that the announcer from Major League was an actual announcer. And that's what I like, you know, learned from my dad or whatever, Bob Euchre. And it's so epic that this guy is like a real announcer. He was like Zach, really you have the, the best, best baseball movie? I, I, it's man, my favorite it's hard. baseball movie. Little Big League's pretty good. Little Big League's really good. I just watched that uh, a couple weeks ago. It was on MLB Network, and it's it's a damn good baseball. Because the, like, the baseball's really good in that. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this is tough, man. There, this, there, this is a really good co- conversation. If you talk to someone like Brad, like Bob. Die on the Hill of yeah. Sandlot. He'll die on yeah. the Hill of Sandlot. Yeah. What's the other one? There's 
Bur- there's Bull Durham, yeah, Bull yeah, which is incredible. Really there's rookie of the year. Uh, rookie of the year. I mean, it depends What's, on what you're going for, right? Because Sandlot is field of dreams. Field of, like you I mean, want Sandlot is being a kid playing baseball, right? That's mm-hmm. the Sandlot vibe. And we just talked about where you could go with little big league or or major league. Major league's more of a comedy of baseball, where little big league's more. No, this is how a baseball team would run. And then you go into the realistic baseball movies like Hardball and Bull Durham and all those that are going for authenticity of baseball a little bit more. I love, for long, oh, I was going to say, Bull Durham is my, the other one, but I like just cut out Susan Sarandon and I would think it's like the greatest movie. If it's like 45 minutes then, it's just the baseball stuff and it is amazing. And then you have all this other stuff where they're breathing through eyelids and it's like funny, but you're like, okay, I just, TJ, I big like when Susan the guys Sarandon fan, big time. I wouldn't. I big wouldn't time. Call myself big time. Susan Multiple texts <laughs> about Susan Sarandon from TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that one did not age well uh, whatsoever. Also the per, also perfect game. Awesome. So good. also the baseball parts. like do look, excellent. Yeah, the baseball parts. Yeah. So are we all just out on the rookie. Is that one just that's not that's the one where what Quaid yeah. comes back as forty year old pitcher throwing gas. See, it was a how come there there hasn't been a good sports movie though in a while? Like they're all they're either like dramas that are centered around sports now, but those yeah. are there was like this wave that we got. We just routed off. Hardball's you know, probably 10 last. Baseball movies, yeah, like ten baseball movies between like our childhood that mm-hmm. we got a like starting with the natural that was when we were right about all of us were born, yep. Um, yep. and now there's there's not any of all the other football movies at the same time. Necessary roughness. Um, Little Giants, yeah. all that stuff. They're That's never going to make right. another replacements, right? I, I'll yeah. watch Keanu Reeves play quarterback till the day I die. Johnny, you love oh, the replacements. You love the replacements. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to do that. Yeah, no, Zach, it's a good point. I don't think, I think proving your point, I don't think White Man Can't Jump 2 was doing too good in the box office with Jack Harlow. That's a movie I can promise no, they, you all never They cast it horribly. It's, that's, you can't take Woody Harrelson and you Snipes don't remake and, and you fucking clap. And if you're going to do it, you can't do it like that. Nothing against Harlow, but his first... No, everything against yeah, Harlow. It's not his fault he got everything casted in that. Him. And Harlow's great at what he does. Just his first career movie, you're going to put him in as an iconic character that's been played for sports. And your, your demographic's not going to go see that movie. Yeah, that was tough. Bad that look. was tough. All right, back to the awards. All right. This is probably a line that we say often. Of all the lines that we've said, uh, we, we've had on the movies, like this one is said probably the most, with the most emphasis and like frequency. Johnny, won't you go ahead and deliver it for us? This guy here is dead. I'll go cross him off the list. Here's a list of the players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. Dead. <laughs> so good. We'll cross him off the list then. Uh, just it's it's so almost classic. said at every draft we're at, I believe. Yes. This guy here is dead. I actually did draft no, I Daryl Kyle, who died halfway through the league. I'm sure somebody Someone had Jose Fernandez or when he went down. I had exactly. yeah, that's a tough yeah. one. I had Jose Fernandez. He was a keeper, I think. Yeah. I mean he should have been. He was yeah. awesome. All right, so what is this award, Johnny? On this one, I thought you could go two ways. You could go with a player that just, it, I, you don't think he's going to perform next season, let's say. Or you could go with a team here maybe that you think is dead in the water. I'm going to go player, and I'm going to say it's Tua for me. Mm. I think you've seen enough tape now in big games for, for a season now or two. And I'm 
I think he's going to get his extension because he had a good statistical year. Okay. But I don't. I think the Dolphins, if they're smart in this draft class, are a hundred percent spending some capital on one of these quarterbacks in the third round, maybe, to get a solid backup that can sit the bench for two or three years. But I, I think Tua, from a fantasy perspective, and from a can this guy win a playoff game? Can this guy take you to the Super Bowl perspective? I, I think that decision is is done now. I think when big games come around, the pressure gets to Tua a bit, and and he kind of this is not like a year two quarterback. This is a year four or five quarterback, and he doesn't play good in big games ever. I this I did not see this. This was surprising. coming up on this yeah. one. This is Johnny. Do you need like twenty more minutes? No, no. Behind you and just like vent for a bit. I'm I am done right now after that. The, the Chiefs are not good this year. They're not, right? And I get that cold weather, but you can go look at every game this year that Tua played in big games, and he had awful stats. And he fell apart at the end of the year. They just, it was bad. I am officially off the Tua train. As It did seem like in that game that there was a little trust from McDaniels with Tua. Like a lot of the, mm-hmm. like I didn't, I haven't watched, I didn't watch a lot of Dolphins this year. Take that with a grain of salt. But like a lot of those like screen passes, like, were very questionable. Yeah, I think McDaniel uh, holds... He was having trouble completing McDaniel us. definitely holds some blame here. It, it looks like he doesn't know how to pump his guys up for big games either. It, it looks like they're, he's a great offensive-minded coach, gets gets a great you know system going together, but when the big games come around and you go up against some of those better coaches like your Harbaugh or your Reed, you know, and, and, you're, and you're, they game them out a little bit sometimes. And it's just not... The Dolphins were banged up, so it's it's a little fresh. But being the team with the longest streak now without a playoff win uh, is not a favorite place for me to be sitting right now after the Lions win. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'm at on this one. It makes you think that they should have gone all out on that that Bills game at the end of the year. You know the Bills I mean? own like, us. I mean, why do they? if you look back at the— I know, but like, why not treat that like a playoff game? Go all out. Be like, you got it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, at that point, then you're— at that point, the Bills were out of the playoffs. There, I mean, if they well, lost two things that. change the season. One, the uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling offsides changed the Dolphins. They would have been the two seed if the Chiefs the, win that. Kadarius Tony. Oh, it's Kadarius, right. Kadarius Tony. We were in Vegas yep, for that. That That's offside, amazing. that changed the season because the Bills would have been seven and we would have had Pittsburgh going to Miami. Uh, that would have been nice. And then also choking on the Titans when you're up 14 with four minutes left and you lose mm-hmm. that game. And that goes to McDaniel. If you look at how that game was coached, too, that's what are you doing at that point in time that you can't run four minutes off the clock in that game with that offense? I'm down bad right now. It doesn't feel good. What do you have, TJ, we'll, we'll for, have to do a little for, on your award? Which way did you go on this one? Oh, I'm picking that. Cross him off the <laughs> list dead. for this year, winning for anything. I like just take this, go to tonight, have your wine. Enjoy dinner with your family. This entire reflect pod. on how this fan <laughs> this fantasy is going to go, and then know what you need to do. You are just I setting up. Know what you need you to are, do. Move on. You wanted Zach on this pod for not because he was the champion. You were just trying you? to inception him during this pod into trading no, you jokes. That's not true. That's that is not the true. entire purpose of us being here right now. <laughs> no, no. This was always going to be my answer, no matter. One of these was going to be an answer for Zach, no matter what. But I, I couldn't think of a player to cross mm. off the list. I. I have my football team. Niners are doing great. Basketball team's doing great. I think I just have to give it to Zach to just decide on what he wants to do this year. That, that's my choice. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Zach, what do you have for this award? 
cross him off the list. I think it's time, and it's probably going to happen here soon, but Wiggins, like, I drafted him this year in fantasy, mm-hmm. but just Wiggins in general. Like, they got everything, every ounce. The Warriors got every ounce that you could possibly get out of Andrew Wiggins, and they mm-hmm. won a title at it, and he was the freaking best player, the second best player on a title-winning team and was averaging, like, 12 points or 12 boards a game in the finals and you look back now and you just what happened to that guy over the last 18 months so it's probably time it's just time to mix things up and you it turned into a title but it's time to, to see what you can flip it into and, and hopefully get another yeah, in there. That, that's a really good point i'm glad you brought up the warriors because i would say they i've been a diehard warriors fan for a long time and i'm i don't i generally don't know what they're going to do with this team like after siakam gets traded today to the Pacers, yeah. which is they gave up three first round picks. The Warriors were never going to give up three first round picks. They're just not for a guy that's like, there's a realistic possibility unless the Pacers talk to Siakam that he would sign an extension with them <clears throat> that he'll walk, mm-hmm. which would be insane to me. Yeah. Would be insane to me for the Pacers to do that. And if that's the word that they got from the Warriors or if the Warriors got that from Siakam's like camp or whatever, then no way you do that trade. You can't three first round picks, no chance. Yeah. You can't do it. But who do you go for? Who's available? Maybe they're just like, fuck it. Wait till the end of the year, get some guys off the books, and then make off-season trades like they did with Pool. I mean, you have 50, what is it, 30 or whatever. Sorry, Clay with 40. It's it's $70 yeah. million dollars off the books. There's yeah. like options at some point here, so it's not like over. But yeah, It's 70. Um, but you do have, it's like right now you're just wasting staff, so it's... They, they, they extended the run as long as you possibly could anyway, unless you hit on the yeah. draft picks, and that's a crapshoot anyway. But hindsight is, oh, we could have taken Halliburton. That would have been fun, but it's probably not going to happen at two anyway. But it's I, don't, I have no idea what they do next, and I, probably over the next month or so we get to see some something big happen, I would imagine. The, the deadline's less than a month away. Isn't the deadline it's right at a Valentine's, yeah. isn't it? We'll see, but they've never been particularly active. I think the one you can mark is Draymond. The only team that's going to want Draymond is the Lakers at this point. It's the only team that would take the risk from a front office perspective because they would believe that LeBron, if LeBron wanted him, could keep him in line. I just don't know who the Warriors would get back. I don't think they have any particular value. They don't see value in Rui unless it was mm-hmm. for Reeves, which I don't think the Lakers would want to trade He's Reeves. That would make their team. I think trading Reeves for Draymond makes their team worse. Yeah, um, I was looking at it more, and I, I think you're right there unless you can get Chris Paul in there, but then the money gets so high that... How do you make those two work long? It, it's not, but it, it just I can promise you D'Angelo Russell's not going back to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah no, you have to be a third team coming third in, team. right? And taking D'Angelo from us. There, there's a, there was one I saw, I can't remember, but it was, it was Kuzma coming in that deal to us where then D'Angelo went to the Wizards again and then Draymond and Chris Paul wound up down there and there was draft picks involved and, and that doesn't seem horrible, but I think they just waited too long. Look, the, the guys are older, and the it's been so... So the Warriors get a lot of coverage, even for a team that is not playing well right now. So everyone's seeing how bad these guys are playing. There's No one really is, oh, Wiggins is going to bounce back if he comes here. They're looking at it like, no, this guy's done. And Draymond's MMA fighting everybody. And it's it's not looking good. The NBA, though, it's like, even how low you think an asset is it's oh they're, they're still gonna get moved at some point so like yeah. somebody will want the just the contract oh, sure. like somebody might want the paul contract just in general or yeah. the same way the warriors got it to get off yeah. uh pool so there's like flexibility there's there is flexibility there it's just a matter of i have no idea who the fit is with what because the there's nothing else so one move is going to correct it and that's where like the big issue is like who else is going to that's great you get one guy but who else is going to play with Steph? and the siakam trade resets that market too right if you have that's a sixth place team right now giving up three ones for a guy who might not sign there. 
anyone who was selling was like, oh, maybe I can get a little bit more for, for this guy then. Right? So that's it's going to be interesting. And, and the thing that's hard is, there's, especially in the West, it's all bunched yep. up. And in the East, too, like it's who's selling and who has value to sell. The, the Blazers have nobody to sell mm -hmm. like that of value. that and The contracts don't even match if they try to trade. That's the hard part. Same thing yep. with, with Detroit. Or I don't even know who else Toronto has. Like it's becoming a very scarce market. It's funny. It's time for extend. It's time for expansion in the NBA. Can we all agree oh, on yeah. that? It's they need to get two more teams. Like it's getting too. They need more teams uh, too because their new playoff format is is ridiculous. You're gonna have 20 of 30 teams make playoffs, and then it, it, you got more, you need more teams. You can't do that. That's why I play an 82 game season if if 20 teams are gonna be in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Yep. All right. Next one here. There's only one left. There's only one thing left to do. Win the whole fucking thing. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. All right, so this, Johnny, you have here. What team is going to make the first big basketball deal? We already had one deal, right? That was decently sized, few. wasn't so Kyrie it? Kyrie just went for about 40 yeah. bucks over two years. Mikhail, mm -hmm. uh, Zach traded Mikhail to Tim for, for 23, or, or no, 35 over two years. So, mm. you know, you're you're seeing Ruby, Rudy Gobert went early for 16, 17 bucks. So there's been some movement already. I, I think... There's going to be an arms race this year, right? You have three teams with a ton of money this year. And I think they're going to go the same way that Zach and, and Donnie and Sam did a little bit with spend money for the future and myself to try and win this year. Obviously, I think it's going to be you, TJ, just based on the last 35 minutes of this podcast. But it's something that once you do it, Forrest won't be far behind. And Greg is not afraid to pull triggers. And Grands gets aggressive in there and spends money and gets trades done. I think there'll be a little bit. And then you'll have Gerbert who pretend like they don't need trades and that they're the smart guys in the room that will eventually learn that spending yeah, money. They 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 did they did do the they did do the big trade with for Embiid last year. They do. In in basketball, people got to remember that. You got to remember that. So but they got they're forced there. to that point. Comes. That that's and I know Rob. And Rob not winning back. Forrest turned down a Forrest turned down a larger deal from us. Yeah, for Wembyana. Put that. I just want to. He, <laughs> he fucking uh, he Andre Iguodala'd us. Oh, no, last oh, year. With, with, yeah, that's with, right. With, that's yeah. right. Uh, he pulled it out on you guys. Yeah. He was like, "No, I already told him I do the trade. I already told him I would do it." Yeah. He's morally a good person, all right? Just because you're an asshole doesn't mean. That he... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, what do you think? Who who, who makes the first big deal here? Definitely do not say yourself. No, I definitely not me. I have no money unless I'm getting money back from somebody. I would say that Upper. only one thing left to do is win the whole fucking thing. I looked at it just touch different was like, it, maybe it's not right now with the biggest move, but Jerbert was the one I was circling for. Who could be the one that if they make a damn, if they make a big move, they finish well in basketball because they have Gunnar Henderson at $15. They have Luis Roberts. They have a couple of good guys that like very cheap in baseball. And then they could get aggressive and they've got the one of the biggest trade chips in the whole thing in 
SGA if they ever wanted to get like super aggressive at any point and go make a, a, the biggest splash to do to go win the whole thing. Oh, you mean after? Basketball. You mean yeah. like after after yep. basketball? Yeah. yeah. They, they're yeah. in a position. It's, I mean, it's SGA, Wemby, and Chet Ryder, the most valuable guys by far. And name your price, it's probably still not even enough. It, it just in, in how cheap they are compared to the inflated auction costs of basketball. Right. But I look at them and I'm like, wow, they, if they wanted to, they're in a good position with the amount of money they have. And two of their keepers are really cheap in baseball. So they could get very aggressive at some point in baseball or football to try to go win the whole fucking thing. It, you know, the other thing with them, I would agree with, with them. I, I Actually, I... I agree with what you said. I don't think that they're going to go all out because they have the most money remaining. And I think that's like mm-hmm. very counterintuitive versus what Rob and Hammer are about. I think they believe in their, their draft strategies yep. and they believe in the guys are going to get and they want to, I could see them spreading it across all sports and then in, in football getting aggressive mm-hmm. if they need to. But yeah, I think they're in pole position to do that. I actually could see Tim spending a little bit I think Tim's had a disappointed year, disappointing year in in basketball thus far, and he spent a lot of money. So I could see him maybe doubling down and making sure he makes the playoffs. And who knows? And then obviously, it's no secret, like, we want to win basketball, and we are okay giving up money next year to do so. Rob, I think that Embiid trade from last year is going to affect how Rob thinks, right? He's going to think, well, he did go for a big trade last year, and, and it didn't help us win the whole thing. So maybe be a, even a little bit more reserved than normal on trying that again, even though they have a little bit more money to play with than they did the, the previous year. But I, I could see that being something that specifically Rob will push back against a little bit on, on buying a big name if they can reproduce that in their draft strategy somehow. Yeah. I had them just because I don't think they'll do it. So it's something to say because <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're ever going to make – they might make right. like a decent move, but at some point they might have to pony up for 60 bucks for Tyreek Hill next year and are they – gonna do it or whoever right. CD lamb right? the other person too is Forrest and joe right you gotta look they have money left over they spent a good amount in basketball johnny you mentioned even though they're third in the standings or fourth in the standings they're lower in actual basketball standings maybe they wait a couple weeks to mm-hmm. see how things turn out and then start to get creative with other teams who are not going to make the playoffs in basketball too so i think there's a lot of aggressive play yet to be had we just haven't had that one Embiid type deal mm-hmm. You yeah. guys have a – it's a counterbalance too, right? Because you're all gauging how much money you have in your pot for the next two drafts, right? So until one of you starts dropping that dollar more, it won't make the others comfortable enough going into a baseball draft or a football draft. They have enough war, of a war chest to compete with you guys on the guys they want. So it's, it's a little bit of a you get chicken you guys are playing a bit. So mm-hmm. They also both – what, Forrest and, or Forrest and Joe and – Rob and Ham, they don't have to do anything too aggressive yet because they had the big, they had uh, huge advantages with like super young keepers in terms of now what Wemby's turned to be, where he's outperformed his auction value. And SGA is just what yeah. fifty dollars below what he would get drafted at right now. $60 yeah, he's going to be a thirty dollar keeper, I think, next year. That's... So they have such an advantage in that. But then you look at like, okay, they got a couple guys in baseball, but their football team was they they mm-hmm. didn't. They keep Najee Harris like that's there's nothing there from a value perspective. So they were the ones I'm like at some point they it, to get aggressive to win is probably the only way they could do it. The yeah, the only way I could see them trading. I don't. I can't see them ever trading SGA. Like I can't. Like it's just the only way they would do it is okay. We're in 
we're behind a certain team by X amount of points, and the only we don't want we don't want to forego next. I, I can honestly, even as I say that out loud, yeah, I can't I, imagine. and they're not that kind of team yeah. either. Robin and Hamali are never going to be content selling the future for the the year. They like being in it every year. They're going to have to a bit. I think that's how this league works. If you want to win, you got to buy a bit of a championship. But I also don't see them going full scorched earth and and, and spending their money. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I agree. TJ, what's our third award? All right, what's? I'm going to let Zach do this last one because we talked about we talked about Euchre for <laughs> for a little bit here. So why don't you go ahead, Zach, and lead the way here? It's just a bit outside. Um... Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. And I was looking at the team right now that would miss the playoffs. Currently looking at the current basketball standings. That's how I looked at it. And I had, that was in the playoffs, sorry, that would miss it. And I had Ham Porter as that group. Just looking at how aggressive Tim mm. had been and muster somebody more to to dance around the fringes as opposed to a big splash. So I had put them as a team that if Johnny gets a little hot, say he wants to, to if somebody gets hurt on on Ham Porter, Johnny's a team that's right there, maybe they leapfrog him. So I think they were the obvious one to me of who could miss the playoffs that are currently, but if the season were to end today, would be in it. I, I, I agree. Uh, f- I'll say the same thing. I'm... On the outside looking in, so I, I looked at it the same way as Zach did. I, I think Tim's team's been a little unlucky. And he's, if you look at overall standings, he's actually lost seven head-to-head matches, but he's still in the playoffs. That's a little bit showing me, too, just like Forrest's team, when he wins big, when he loses, he barely loses. And I, I would also put that in the, looking at this group, I think there's a clear-cut four that are really driving it home with TJ yourself, Foe, Grands uh, and Gerbert that are really a leg up. And then there's three or four teams trying to compete. I wouldn't count Sam out yet. He had a lot of injuries to start the year. And I I could see Sam, he doesn't like losing. I I could see him coming in and and making some buys here as well to make it tight. And that would really mean there's only two sellers in town, which bodes well for Zach and and Donnie being able to charge what they want for guys when a lot of people might might not sell away. It's going to be interesting. What do you think, Teach? It could be a waiting game when it comes to the trades because just looking at it, I think obviously we know Jokic is the biggest trade mm-hmm. piece left. And I think whatever team gets him is going to get a nice vault into whether you want to make the playoffs or whether you want to go for it all and get a buy. And then I think as the year goes on, there's going to be guys to be had for cheaper too. Look at someone like James Harden. Right. I don't think by any means he's going to drive a large price, but I think Sam would obviously be willing to trade for him in, let's, let's say, five weeks, right. like four or five weeks when we get close to the deadline and guys want to make those adjustments, and I think that's where leagues are won and lost. If I had to name somebody just a bit outside, this is going to be t- – yeah, this would be tough. I'd have to look at the schedule, but I think it's going to be right, – Johnny, I, I don't know what your plan is. Like, I really don't. I think you want to make the playoffs, yeah, obviously. it's not a good I don't, enough I don't team. Know, I don't know how – I don't know how much you want to make the Yeah, playoffs, so. I'm trying to do, after my parliament showing of 10 years, my main goal in Purge is to not be as impulsive with some stuff and just let things ride mm-hmm. a little bit more, right? And the, the first year, I'm not really happy with those results. It turned into a, a, a Brad showing where I finished in fifth place. And I'm, I'm not really thrilled about it. I don't have that much money this year and I'm in the middle, mm-hmm. but I'm just waiting it out. 
my team's frustrating, but the last three weeks I beat you and Forced, two of what I would say the better teams mm-hmm. in the league. And then other weeks I think Tim beat me seven to two. I'm waiting mm-hmm. it out a bit. I want to see where the trade deadline goes. Like when D'Angelo gets moved at the Lakers, if they put him on a team where he's like a Jordan Poole type, great. That's a free run for me with D'Angelo just going crazy. I'm waiting. I might buy a role player here or then, but I definitely have some pieces like a Lillard that would get a lot of money at the deadline, I think. Um, that mm-hmm. I, I, I've got guys I need to switch. The Lillard and Chet strategy doesn't go very well together long term. There, there's a potential here for me to, to back away, but for now, I'm just hanging out. The, the one thing about about Muster when it comes to basketball that I from doing fantasy with him for a long time is that he, when he's in a position like this, he doesn't go for like a huge splash necessarily, but he also knows the importance of making baseball playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll probably make some like little, like maybe some 15, 20, $25 trades here right. and there. Nothing to like really push him over the edge, but enough where he thinks he can win put a matchup in, in the playoffs and get him to like a top four yeah. finish where he usually goes for it is if he's like in top right. three and he's a fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure mm-hmm. I go for it. So if he starts to drop, I could see some trades being made. So I think we'll have some clarity over the next, next three weeks where everyone's going to land when it comes to basketball. The other thing too, I'm really curious about is how much are people going to weigh like getting money for next year versus the importance of getting money this yeah. year. And I know there's not like a, a um, I know there's not like a major punishment mm-hmm. yet, and I think we're, we'll change that after this year. But I think one thing I learned from Grands was they started buying yeah. in football, and I actually thought it was a pretty interesting strategy. Fuck it, yeah. like, we not only do we not want to come in last, we want to try and win football yeah. and win money, and so be it. And they still had money for next year too. I'll be curious to see what the importance of how each each individual team weighs. We're about good, um, six weeks well, from trade deadline here, so it, things will start moving. It's a good point. Tim brought up what you were saying, TJ. He's like, if I win, because he originally was like, my my football team's not bad. Like he was looking at it, he actually had a bunch of guys, and when he's healthy, they were good before he started selling guys off. And he's like, all I got to do is win one sport, right? I pay for the year. That's yep. So he's like, why wouldn't I? Why would I buy? We were talking about it when we were at tailgates and stuff, and it was just mm-hmm. lame. Do you buy? Do you sell for next year or do you get aggressive? And then literally like the next week, Greg went in and bought everything and turned the strategy on its head because, yep. you know, that's when like Tim and you thought you were safe, TJ, from the from last place. And all of a sudden you got a guy buying who had, a, who had, I mean, my team was unreal, but other than that, his team was probably the best team just on paper if you look at it when you don't have you yep. know, the, a random year where you have the best running back and receiver. His team would have been as good as anybody's. 100%. And look at and look at his team now. He's a top. He's a top three team in basketball. So I don't think, like I don't think it was, or maybe it was top three in our overall strand standings. But like it look, it's looking like it, it it paid off. All right, quick before I know we got to jump here in a second. Quick thoughts on the remainder of the NFL playoffs. Like who's gonna win? What are your thoughts this weekend? We'll just talk this weekend, and then we. You can I think this weekend is the weekend you take the chalk. I think the upsets happened last weekend, and, and while Green Bay's hot. I don't see Aaron Jones running for three touchdowns on you guys. Uh, Baker, I, I thought, been a surprise this year. I, it's it's due for Baker to go to Detroit and get blown out and have a bad game. And then you look at the other side, and the Ravens and Bills are playing so right now that unless the Ravens or the Niners are a little rusty from three weeks off, I, I think this is a chalk week across the board. Jack? Yeah, I'd say same. I'd say it's, what, Niners, Lions, Bills, 
Ravens for the yeah. for the title games, and then I think I think a dream scenario though for the Ravens and the Niners. You look at it, and you're like, okay, we get a Bills team that's flawed just because they've had so many injuries, mm-hmm. and the Niners get they play the, the seven seed at home, and then the other team is the Lions, and you got Jared Goff. So it's okay. This kind of matched up the way I think both teams. If you were to ask Harbaugh and Shanahan, yeah. Draw, map it out. Tell me truthfully how you'd like this to play out, and I think it played out exactly how they both would want it. Good position for for the one seeds to at least advance to the conference title and potentially the Super Bowl. I, I'm obviously very interested in this Chiefs Bills game. I don't think, even though I think the Bills probably eke it out. I don't know, man. Mahomes in the fucking playoffs, like the he's team is the guy's so machine. bad this year. Um, and and the, but their defense, the defense is okay. Is great. Their defense yeah, is it's okay. a different look and for like, them, but. If mm. and if the Bills didn't look so goddamn shoddy yeah. versus They're, the Steelers, I'd feel a lot better. Like the Steelers were able to move the but, ball. Like what? And they had a fumbles and they had interceptions. Like those are two huge that's plays. Buffalo. I was telling all year long when Buffalo played yeah. trash, they they played like trash. And when they played good teams, they beat the crap out of them. That's just I don't think Josh gets as fired up. But look, Mahomes has knocked him out of the playoffs the last two years. I think there's a little bit here for Josh Allen to go a little crazy on these guys in Buffalo this week. Yeah, I saw something too, and I think I sent it to you guys where on the Niners side of things that like eighty six percent of the bets are on are on Green Bay mm-hmm. right now, which is insane to me. I think this is I think Green Bay has as high as a ceiling as any team in the NFL right now. But I like Shanahan just has ownage versus the guys like the guys that he used to coach yep. under him, with McFloor being one of those guys. I think it'll be a good game. Their defense is not there yet and I think their the lack of experience will get them in this. Yeah, week. You got nine pro bowlers versus or nine all pros yeah. versus zero. So it's that's where at some point the cream you'd think the cream would rise to the top, but the, and then you go to the Bills and you're like, for four drives they look like the best damn team in football, yep. and then all of a sudden for the next three drives you're like, how did they get negative six yards? On that the last was three a classic. We're up twenty one <laughs> to nothing game and they took their foot off the gas, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh crap, we got to get our foot back on the gas again, right? The Bills, I'm not worried about and. Look, Green Bay's been great. They've been a surprise this year, but they're running into arguably the best team in football. From from top to bottom yeah. roster wise, it's not the same. You're not you're not playing a Dallas team that that is good, but they they had those moments all year where they just fell apart. The only game you guys looked bad in was versus the Ravens. The, in the last few <laughs> few weeks, that's the only game that's looked bad. You guys are healthy for the first time in a while, relatively healthy for the Niners. I think it's a I think it's a blowout week in that game. I, I, w- I would I say so. with two scores here. I'll be there. Oh, wow. Nice. We'll be drunk. Let's go. Let's go. Go Niners. Zach, thanks for, jo- thanks for joining. You're the best. I answer a text once in a while. Johnny, good to have you. Back in the saddle, baby. In Happy 2024. Back in the saddle. <laughs> I just said something. I didn't know how I was going to end it. Go fuck yourself, go everybody. Yourself. Good luck this week on your bets if you're a better. Happy to be here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Zach. <laughs> you're supposed to say at the beginning. <laughs> oh, my bad. There's going to be more um, content. I've got some ideas quick. to make fun of the league for as as for winning. So you're going to see some more stuff from me just talking shit because I have not um, Good. done anything yet in that. Love game, it. Hey, where does Belichick it. go really quick? Oh, ending with Belichick's. Go, Zach. Where you at? Where does Belichick go quick? Philly. Wow. Chargers. Ooh. All right. Peace out, you losers. Bye.